Hello, my name is Vikram Rajan. I am the host of this show called Why We Podcast. Attorneys, accountants, coaches, and consultants share how their show helps. They come on and share the benefits to their audience, benefits to their guests, and of course, the benefits to themselves. I stream this podcast live on LinkedIn and on YouTube just about every Friday at noon Eastern. You can watch it at videosocials.net slash watch WWP for why we podcast. You can also listen to it audio on uh, Stitcher, which is what I personally use on my Android phone, but also Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts and many others. I like doing this show because I get to learn straight from those who have the experience of hosting a podcast or a live stream or some other kind of interview video show. And just about every episode, I learn a thing or two, um, and I don't have all the answers, so I'm looking forward to learning from today's guest, David Schreiner-Khan. David and I have been um, colleagues, uh, if not friends, uh, for over 10 years that we were chatting kind of offline, so that's amazing, David. Um, and David's going to share a little bit about the evolution of his show, his uh, audience, and of course, why he podcasts. David, welcome. Thank you so much, Vikram. Thanks for having me on. So um, can you, before we even jump into the world of your podcast, can you talk to us about the evolution of your business? That too has changed over these years. And, and can you talk to us where it is now and who you work with? And, and then that's a nice segue to your show. Um, sure. So we, we help consultants build their business following a late career job loss so that they can do what they love and get paid what they're worth. Um, And you're right. My business has evolved. Um, We haven't always been serving this market. And frankly, I think everything in business and life is just an iterative process. Um, I started my business in 2006. Um, Myself, um, I was uh, an employee for the first 28 years of my career. In most of my um, in most of my jobs, I was in leadership and management roles, and I started a consulting business because I wanted more control over my career and my destiny. Um, and initially, I started as a management consultant, a solopreneur, mm-hmm. serving nonprofit organizations. That was the sector I had come out of as an employee, and uh, it was a pretty natural transition in terms of of career path. Um, in, my, in my business, it has evolved, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, the podcasts that I host actually are part of what has led to, to some of the the iteration and and how we end up serving consultants now. Because um, initially, I, as a single person consultant, I was serving small to medium sized nonprofit organizations, um, and that evolved into serving small businesses and part of the small business market, as you know, is the, the I'll sort of loosely call them the solopreneur market. So these are sure. people that are providing some kind of professional service, you know, usually as a consultant coach or maybe a professional practice. And um, well, I use the term solopreneur. I don't believe anybody is actually really solo in his or her business. What they really are, they're the primary vehicle for offering the solutions to their clients. But um, I have yet to find somebody who doesn't have uh, even a very fractional team. Right. So something. So if not literal employees on staff, it's a virtual assistant or outsiders. Could it be their attorney, their accountant, et cetera? So there's some infrastructure of, of persons and personnel. So, yeah, so not completely no man is an island, so to speak. Correct. 
Yeah. And so, well, that's a, that's a, a nice point to begin with. So back then we were working with quote unquote solopreneurs, um, um, because you were yourself were one because you were working with nonprofits, I should say. And so when did you start your podcast? Because you started the practice uh, around 2006, you mentioned. Right. right? So, so, yeah, so I started in you... 2006. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I have always done in my career is I've looked ahead at other people that I thought were um, uh, were models that I could follow if I wanted to grow as an employee or grow as a business owner. Who did I look to as an example of someone doing something that I thought um, could help me grow in my own in my own profession, my own career, my own business? Sure. And um, what I saw in the consulting world was that consultants that I thought were doing better than I was had a platform and they yeah. were they were creating content and sharing their ideas. Um, and back in, um, you know, more than 10 years ago, this was, I, I guess I had been in business probably four or five years when I started thinking about this. Um, in those days, the primary channel for communicating your ideas was a blog. Right. So we started, we started a blog in 2012 right. that evolved into the pod, the first podcast smashing the plateau, which we yep. launched in 2014. And then we launched a second podcast um, in addition to Smashing the Plateau, uh, the second podcast is called Going Solo, which we launched in 2019. And Going Solo in particular focuses specifically on what it's like for these early stage consultants that are building a consulting business after 20 plus years as a high achieving professional as an employee. And so at that time around... Um I want to say 2014 when you had when you um, transitioned. Did you transition smashing the plateau into going solo, uh, or were you hosting two shows at a time at that point? So 2014, we were hosting just one show, smashing okay. the plateau. Right, right, right. And and we're st we still host smashing the plateau. We're still producing okay. um, episodes every week. We ha haven't missed right. a week since 2014. All right, um, which is a a long run. And then in yes. 2019, we started a second show. Okay, and that's going solo. That's going solo. So now we have two shows. Each show currently produces one episode per week. And so Smashing the Plateau uh, is continuing, Going Solo continuing. Now, has Going Solo, uh, originally was early stage uh, folks, wasn't necessarily uh, the demographic of late stage career change or, or business uh, launch was it or oh yeah it, it is yes okay. so going solo in particular is focused on their early stage in their business right but they're mid to late stage in their career so typically these are people that are age 50 plus right good. they have at least 20 years of experience um often it's it's very high level experience and either they leave voluntarily or quite frequently they get pushed out and they decide that i've had enough I want to do my own thing. I'm going to start a consulting business. Cool. And so did that mean that your clientele changed from the uh, typical nonprofit to consultant and then specifically within the consulting market, you found that you were getting a lot more traction with mid to late stage career transitioned consultants. Is that what happened? Yes, I, I, yeah. yeah. So I would say that the podcast very much mirrored what was happening right. in in our marketplace and in our business, which is um, our, our business is now primarily serving uh, solopreneur consultants and coaches. 
and they're typically people in the mid to late part, late stage of their career. That makes sense. And are they both interview shows where you bring on a guest or are they you being solo? They're um, no, they're both interview shows. Yeah. Um, yeah almost so would, all, almost yeah. all the episodes are interview based. The format is, is very similar between the two shows. Yeah. Um, they're both, you know, typically 25 to 30 minutes long per episode. Right. And um, yeah, the format's the same. The The main difference between the two shows is, I would say, they focus on a different stage in your business evolution. So going solo is about the, what happens in the first two to three years of opening up your consulting business. Especially being a late stage professional. Um, well, I would say later stage in your consulting business. So hmm. generally, like, two to three years um, plus. So some of the folks we talked to have been in business for decades. Sure. Um, The interesting thing is when you're in business, there are always challenges. There are always things that are, that are changing that you're trying to deal with. I know when you and I first met, you, you were, um, you were the phone blogger. And we still do have phone blogger clients. Um, And most recently, you know, of video socials. Um, and with our video blogging club, so many of our members have live streams and podcasts where they're interviewing other people. And we wonderfully got sucked into the world of podcast management and launching. And, and here we are with video interview podcasts. So it's video socials VIP came because of our members. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of this layered cake, very much like yourself of the, the evolution. Right. So Smash the Plateau focuses on those kinds of challenges that you need to deal with as an ongoing professional running a consulting business. So when you're interviewing them, so what what kind of um, examples of guests do you have on Smashing the Plateau? Who are Uh, they typically? Yeah. Yeah. So a a good example is J.D. Gershbein, whose episode came out. Right. His episode came out last week and his focus is on creating a virtual style. So given the fact that um, we're doing more and more business in an online format and particularly that it's really leapfrogged in the last two years, you need to have an online style that is going to represent your brand successfully to be able to um, deal deal with the way we're doing business today. So that yeah. right that that's his his specialty. So we we talked about that. Um, that was a recent episode, and uh, I'm going solo. A recent episode was um, Jennifer Fondreve, who uh, is someone who has survived three mergers and acquisitions, um, and started uh, documented what was going what was going on and how you can survive them. I mean, the statistics are actually pretty dismal about what happens when there's a, uh, a merger or acquisition that, um, you know, typically about 80% of them don't work out all that well. In, and, in, term, in terms of surviving as an organization or surviving as an executive that may have gotten duplicated with the merging? Um, yeah, the way the way I would interpret the statistics, the the failure is that the the M and A didn't really achieve the objectives that um, that the organizations were setting out to achieve. Okay, so when when, when the, uh, the the galaxies merged, it, it ended up uh, you know the, the the worlds colliding didn't collide too well. It was a culture issue or some other process issue, and maybe you know it didn't solve the challenges that they were seeking to solve. So as organizations. 
it just kind of imploded as opposed to uh, scaling to the next level. Correct. And one, yeah. one of one of the fallouts of an M&A is often um, employees get caught in the shuffle. Right. And, and employees, um, um, either they they are able to maintain their job through the through the merger or acquisition, or sometimes they don't. But in either case, um, they experience grief over what they have lost. So if mm-hmm. they if they're still in, in their job, their job has changed, and it's very often they experience grief over the loss of the job that they used to have, even though they still they're still employed, but but their job is different. But the job is is, is literally different on a day to day basis in that sense. So in terms of the shows, the two different shows, Smashing the Plateau and Going Solo, what are the, some of the the benefits? Have you heard? People coming out of the woodwork of your audience and engaging with you, either literally engaging with you as a professional and becoming a client, and or have they given you any kind of stories of success or inspiration? Have you heard anything like that over these so many years you've been uh, a show host? Um, yeah. So what one of the things that that I hear the most is people really appreciate hearing the stories of others that have gone through the same experience and survived because when you're going through a um a traumatic change particularly if you um if you've been pushed out of your job and you're starting a consulting business even if you really want to start a consulting business and you see this as an opportunity it's still pretty daunting You, you you right so you will experience things like um you go from a job where you have an overflowing inbox, a full calendar, a built-in social structure right. to an empty inbox, an empty calendar, no structure, no social structure, and you're right. spending all your time alone. Then you have to get yeah. up and sell something you've never sold before. Right. Right. So it's really daunting. And to know that there are other people that have gone through this and have, have survived, not only survived, but thrived. Sure. Um, so that that is probably the primary thing that I hear from my audience. Um, yes, some of them do end up um, joining our membership community for consultants. Um, some of them become um, one-on-one clients. Um, some of them join our peer support groups. But, but in particular, um, what I hear is, it's nice to know that I'm not alone. Sure. And they, of course, they also learn strategies and tactics that they can use to overcome some of the challenges that they face. Um, when one of the big issues that, that I see with consultants, particularly in the early stages, is when, you, when you're faced with this loss of self-identity because you've left your job and your, your job was your, like you, you would identify yourself as, I am David, who is the vice president of marketing at such and such company. Right. Um, I can't say that once I walk out the door. I don't even know what to put on my LinkedIn profile on the first right. day. Right. Yeah. So, so people feel very much at a loss. Um, and one of the things is, you know, you're spending all this time alone. Your self-confidence is not so great. Um, consultants will very often underprice themselves. And so um, one of the things that I, that I see with consultants when they start to spend time with other consultants and they learn what they need to learn about how to run a consulting business, they start to price more appropriately. They do things like they realize that there are lots of ways you can make money. Yeah. Um, as an employee, we think about our the value of um, what we bring to the organization in terms of our time. And so most people will think about 
well, I should charge an hourly rate when I start a consulting business. And that's wrong because clients don't want to pay you for your time. They want to pay you for your result, the results you can provide, sure. um, which is a very different way of thinking about your value. And if you start thinking about your value in terms of the results you produce for clients, you can actually uh, make a lot more money and be much more profitable. So one of the things I've seen with, with, um, with audience members and clients is they change their pricing model and they start making a lot more money. So that value-based pricing model, if you will, so it's better for everyone, right? So it's much more client-centric, it's results-oriented, and it's great for the consultant who is breaking the hourly mode, which that itself can be a trap uh, on both ends, right? No one wants to pay, you know, racking up hours just, you know, just because you do it slow doesn't mean I need to be punished for it. Uh, but also, when you do it fast, the consultant gets sort of punished for it with the with efficiency and expertise. They're doing it faster and faster, and essentially making less money. So you're able to nonetheless break the that rat wheel, that the mouse wheel of of hourly billing with value based pricing. And and I can see that as being an advantage. And you kind of glossed over um, the fact that you have these membership organizations, uh, peer support group and a membership community. Can you talk to us about that? Because, and it sounds like that goes hand in hand, almost an extension or a part two of your podcast, especially going solo. So what does that mean? So when, when someone who is a listener uh, or perhaps even a guest of going solo, how are they invited and what are they invited into as these membership communities? What, are, what does that mean? Um, yeah, so somebody wants to join our membership community. Um, they get access to an online platform um, where they can communicate with other members. They get access to exclusive events that we run. Um, we, we run, we're currently running at least two, two live events per week that they have access oh, wow. to. They'll get access to a resource bank of uh, tools that are helpful to consultants, uh, which we're constantly expanding. You know, consultants want to know, okay, um, you know, a, a great example that just came up um, actually recently is for early stage consultants that are that haven't yet formed their business entity. Um, how do I figure out what business entity I should have and how do I actually file for the business entity? To mean a legal structure, being it uh, right. an S Corp or an LLC, et cetera. And, and there are two different steps to this. One is um, the strategic advice you need on what's the best entity for uh, for your business that will fit with your personal goals. The second step is there's the mechanics of actually filing for it. Right. And, um, you know, one of the members suggested a resource that they had used that, um, that is a, an online system that makes it really quick and easy to file any entity in any state. Cool. That's really neat. Um, so, so it literally is peer to peer. Now that's separate. It sounds like it's separate from a peer support group. So what does that mean? Um, yeah, so that's that's the membership, uh, right. the membership community. And what is it called? Do, do, do you call the membership? It's community called the Smashing the Plateau community. Okay, that, that's, that's coincidental. <laughs> uh, right, and then for for those folks that want um, a higher level of of uh, support, we have uh, curated peer support groups where each group meets privately once per week and has access to me one on one when they need it, um, and that is um, that that's a private guidance group within the Smashing the Plateau community. So it's just, it basically, it's a, a higher touch program in the same community. 
And how did that evolve? So it sounds like uh, there's a natural call to action, if you will, with your show. Is that the main monetization of your show? Where are you? Do you have other advertisers, or are you your own advertiser essentially for your membership community and peer support group? How did that work? It, it, it's a great question. And and by the way, like everything else, um, this has evolved over the sure. years. Yeah. Right. So th- there was a time um, when um, when we had basically no call to action on the show. Right. I was, right. I would say it was a, um, a, a tool for connecting w- with, with like-minded folks around the topic, right. um, tool for relationship building and credibility sure. for, for our business, um, with no monetization. Um, there yeah. was a period when we had some sponsors some paid sponsors. Um, and now currently the, our community is the primary sponsor of the show. You know, if you look at, at the way hosts have um, um, like an ad roll at the beginning and sure. an ad roll at the yep. end. We, yep. like we, met, we mentioned the Smashing the Plateau community because that is the yeah. primary call to action. And uh, yeah. honestly, it's a natural progression. If you right. listen to the show, you like what you hear, you right. want more. An easy way to get more is to join the community. Right. That right. makes the sense. The show is free. The community is not free. Yeah, that makes sense. And in between, you can also join our email list, and the email sure. is also free. We give, right. we send out um, five emails per week. Two of them relate to each each of the two podcast episodes, and then three are some kind of value that we you know offer some kind of strategies or tips in the emails. Um, yeah, so that's also free. And if you, if you want something that's that's a little deeper, then you could join the community. Um, yeah, so that's that's the only thing that we're currently promoting in terms of the call to action on the shows. But that's tremendous, right? So obviously from a kind of a, a why you do it, there's that business decision where one way or another, they're becoming part of your your ecosystem, your, your world, uh, literally uh, your membership community or your peer support group. And then they can also work with you one-on-one, you mentioned. Uh, so obviously that's an even higher touch than even the peer support group. What does that mean? When, when does someone work with you one-on-one? Why? What's triggering them to reach out to David and say, hey, I, I really need your help personally? What's going to, yeah, what's going on? Uh, I would say one of the common examples is someone is in the process of um, becoming extricated from a job. Okay. Um, right. So um, I've often provided one-on-one support that is an alternative to outplacement. Sure, I was going to just mention that. Right, because so it's like a, out, like an outplacement. Outpla- but go on. Yeah, outplacement is, I would say, most commonly perceived as a tool to help you get another job. Right. And the reality is, when you're over the age of fifty, there's a lot of ageism that is not sure. discussed in the American workplace. Sure. Um, I would venture to say it's not just in America; it's international. Most but likely. certainly, our focus is primarily domestic, right. and um, ageism is pretty rampant. It's not even tracked when it comes to um, diversity and inclusion statistics. Fair enough. Um, and there isn't very much that's even written about it. I, I've looked for statistics, and um, some of the statistics that I found um, include: if you're over the age of fifty you have a more than 50% likelihood that you are going to experience involuntary job termination at some point wow. in the future. Um, wow. Yeah, it's that high. So people wow. don't realize how high it is. Yeah. And if you are um, mid to late, um, in, in the mid to late stages of your career, 
the ageism is going to affect you adversely as you're trying to get another job. It's much harder to get another job. The reverse is actually true in a consulting business. Ageism um, actually helps a consultant. Because, you here. Well, people pay you for your experience and your wisdom. Sure. Right. And so, right. So if you think about, you know, a consultant's charging $10,000 to produce a result, it may not take a consultant a huge amount of time to produce that result, but you're paying right. the consultant for the 30 years of experience right. that he or she has built up and the right. knowledge that they have right. that will help produce a great solution for a client. Right, right. You're not paying for the 30 minutes or the 30 hours. You're paying for the 30 years, so to speak. Right. If you need um, you need heart surgery, you want to go to the surgeon that has performed 10,000 surgeries. Right. You don't want to go to the surgeon that is going to be the cheapest and has just come out of medical school. Sure. Right? So the same it. thing is yeah. true with consulting. So when there, there's writing on the wall and, and someone with great amount of experience, late stage or mid stage in their or his um, career, uh, they know they can bring David on kind of one-on-one -on -one to help them structure that um, the process of them setting up shop as a solopreneur, a consultant in a very similar uh, field that, that they're working in. And of course, then they also have the other resources uh, at their disposal. That, that makes tremendous sense, David. That's really cool. That's a gives us a good example of, of how you've been able to turn your business focus uh, and and really evolve with your two shows. That's great. Before we actually take our commercial break and and come back talking about uh, being your own advertiser, um, can can you tell me? Have you heard any examples when guests come on? Um, they're being introduced by you to your community, literally and figuratively. Um, have any guests shared uh, success stories and examples? Have that ever happened where they're actually now being uh, greeted by your community and people that end up working with them or, or get to know their resources? Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. I do hear from guests all the time that as a result of being on one of our shows, cool. th they have um, th they have been uh, contacted by prospects right. who become clients. And, and often they're people that are part of our our audience, our network, and our community. That's excellent. Well, that's even better, right? If they're already part of the community and, and kind of becomes uh, all. And, and, and by the way, Vikram, I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad to be able to connect people in our audience with yeah. guests that have resources to solve the kinds of problems that they have. That itself would become tremendous, right? You're, you're not, you can't possibly do it all. I mean, JD is an example of that, right? Where he has expertise and other uh, professionals have expertise that, you know, we don't have. And so that helps your community that much better. It makes your community that much more valuable for them to know you and for them to kind of listen and want, well, listen to your podcast because your podcast is audio only. And we'll get to kind of how we can listen to your show in a moment. Let's take a quick break. But once, uh, once we come back, I'd love for you to uh, talk about why you're a raving fan of someone else's show. Uh, and you can uh, give a shout out to another show host and why you listen to their podcast as well. Let's come back in a minute. Do you want your own podcast like this one? My team will do all the grunt work for you. Just show up, smile, and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details. Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me? You should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, 
get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And back to our guest, David Schreiner-Kahn. This has been tremendous uh, for you to talk about not only the evolution of uh, your one and then two shows. Uh, you, you talked a, a lot about how you developed a community around your shows and used that to monetize. So that became an extension of your business. So there, there are a lot of lessons for not only me, but also others. So that's tremendous. Um, I'm a podcast junkie. Sounds like uh, you listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Is there another show host that you're a raving fan of and uh, of his or her show? And can you tell us why? Uh, Deb Coviello, who hosts the Drop In CEO podcast, is actually um, a great show, <clears throat> excuse me, great show host. Um, not only because she uh, she hosts a great show, um, she's somebody who, if you're thinking about running a, uh, if you're thinking about having a show or you have a show, and you want to make your show better, um, check out Deb's show, The Drop In CEO, because um, she produces consistent, great content. Yeah. Um, and not, not only does she produce consistent, great content, um, she also um, is really great at sharing information about the content in lots of ways um, on social media, in emails. Um, but the third thing that she does, which I think is uh, really sets her apart, is she follows up on the relationships that she has developed through her shows and you mean like with the guests or what do you mean with the guests yeah um so um deb and i have become friends oh cool and you, you've uh, been featured on her show it sounds like i've been featured on her show she's been on mine even better um and she has introduced me to a number of people in her network oh, um, cool. the introductions um have all been terrific and yeah. i've tried to do the same um I don't know how she has the time to do everything <laughs> that she does because she, you know, she runs a robust business and she produces um, a lot of content and has a huge amount of interaction offline outside so, the content that she produces. And, and so her show is called, and I don't know her, so I, I hope to meet her through you. So, and maybe she'll be a future guest. Her show is the drop in CEO. Uh, where do you listen to drop in CEO? Um, I tend to listen to shows on uh, on Apple Podcasts on okay. mobile, um, only because it, it's easy. Sure, um, I use Stitcher for that reason. Um, and so, what does that mean? Do you remember, like, what's the what does that reference being made with the title of Drop In CEO? What does that mean? Um, that means that she's able to come into um, a high level of leadership inside an organization. Okay. Um, fix a problem that's related to leadership and then leave. Okay. So it's kind of like, like Ariel drop in, fix a problem and then leave. So is she like a fractional CEO in that kind of content? Uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but that kind of context. Um, either, either fractional CEO, fractional C-suite leader. C-suite leader, right. CEO. Okay. Yeah, so she, that's she like has, a drop she has in, uh, like an Ariel. Yeah. Many years Marines. of experience at, at high levels in corporations. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you. I appreciate you mentioning and giving a shout out to Deb and Drop In CEO. I'll, I'll check it out. David, how can people get a hold of you? How can they uh, listen to your show? How can they uh, be part of your community? How can people get a hold of you? Uh, thanks for asking that, Vikram. So everything that we do is housed uh, via our 
website, smashingtheplateau.com. So you can get access to both Smashing the Plateau and Going Solo on smashingtheplateau.com. There's a link to information about the um, about the Smashing the Plateau community. You can sign up to be on our email list if you want to get our content. We have a, a free ebook, 49 Tips to Help You Smash the Plateau in Your Business and Your Life. Um, and that's a freebie, so people can put in their email address. Yeah, it's a free, freebie. Cool. Um, it, it contains tips from 49 of our um, of our top episodes nice. on the, the most common issues that we hear from our guests and our audience, which have to do with mindset, relationships, business development, and productivity. Very cool. And they can listen to your show. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm sure there are episodes on smashingtheplateau.com, but they can also directly Apple Podcasts, I'm assuming, since that's your app of choice. Um, yeah, any, any place you listen to podcasts, you should yeah. be able to find Smashing okay. the Plateau and going right, so on. Cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. This has been fantastic. This has been great. Thank you for taking the time to be my guest. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you, Vikram. Yeah, this is great. Another episode of YB Podcast. Now we know why David Podcast. We'd love to hear why you podcast. Uh, you can watch this uh, show just about every Friday noon Eastern live on YouTube and LinkedIn. You can go to videosocials.net slash watch WWE for why we podcast. You can also listen to it uh, like you can listen to Smashing the Plateau on all the major and going solo on all the major podcast platform. Likewise, you can listen to why we podcast on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. My name is Bikram Rajan. I am the host of why we podcast and the co-founder of Video Socials, which you heard about. And if you like being featured on other people's podcasts, either because you host a show or you have a unique subject matter expertise, you should get to know our monthly show host networking event. You can go to videosocials.net. That's plural, videosocials.net slash show hosts, also plural. And you can get to know it. Uh, the, uh, it's usually the last Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. The next one is March 31st at 1 o'clock Eastern. We have already over 33 show hosts registered. So you can introduce yourself to dozens of podcast hosts and live streamers at our show host networking events. Again, my name is Vic, co-hosting, uh, pardon, hosting Why We Podcast. Thank you, David, for being our guest. I'll see you next week.